what if what you're facing right now all went right? This is episode 186 with Angela Gargano on overcoming adversity and coming back stronger. Welcome to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today we are joined by former Miss Fitness USA American Ninja Warrior, all-around powerhouse, and my dear friend, Angela Gargano. Before we dive into today, I want to invite you to our next away game here in Austin, Texas, September 22nd through the 25th. It's actually this experience that brought Angela and I together for our first one way back in February when we were here in Austin for the first time. We just secured beautiful accommodations with this absolutely stunning two-home property on the east side with six bathrooms. That's right, six bathrooms, not to mention six bedrooms. I'm really excited about it. It's a beautiful handmade custom 12-person outdoor dining table on the property as well. And like I said, prime time location. It can't be beat. If you've never been here to Austin, I encourage you to come check it out. You don't want to miss this experience. Spots are limited as we aim to provide this close, intimate experience. So head on over to www.forever-athlete.com to secure your spot today. Hope to see you there. Now let's flow into it with Angela. Angela, welcome to Forever Athlete Radio. Um, pumped to have you. You're the first live guest in the new apartment. Wow. So welcome to the, the home. This couch though. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very homey. Yeah. How? Talk to me just kind of where you're at right now in training and life. You've done a bajillion different things, which we can get into your backstory and your background of ninja and gymnastics growing up. But how are you feeling right now in your training? Are you just kind of feeling going with what feels good where you at yeah I mean currently like I was telling you I've been recording for a program that I'm doing so I've been doing a lot of recording back to back so my training has been whatever feels good on my body which has honestly just been like yoga although last week I think I told you I took a parkour class I was like flipping off the walls so I am definitely training a little bit differently but not regimented and scheduled I just write in my calendar and I make sure at the beginning of the week that I have a day every single day I have some kind of movement Mm -hmm. like whatever that is it could just be like walking it could be the parkour class could be yoga but I just make sure that I have it literally as a non-negotiable that I have to get some kind of movement in all right parkour class what is that (laughs) parkour um okay so I'm gonna probably butcher what it's actually what it actually is but you might see obviously people are like I think the office right everyone's that says that parkour skit like yeah you just like run around stuff yeah you're kind of like running off things you're you're flipping off things you're flipping off walls you're kicking um it's a very different type of movements because in gymnastics which I was a, a a college gymnast it's very front or back or sideways with parkour you could be like diagonal like weird with your body so it really challenges your movement and your skill especially as somebody who was trained as like a a gymnast and not something that's like outside the realm is it do you find more freedom in like expression and movement there versus the more traditional gymnastics or how does that compare definitely freedom and movement but again it can be very frustrating because it's so hard for my head to wrap around like how that person just did that (laughs) type of thing even though I'm like I know I'm capable I just don't know how to connect it whenever I think of parkour I think of our mutual friend Kyle and like the stuntman scene of just like that's where it comes into to handy I guess or how it shows up in a lot of people's lives yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty gnarly stuff um Talk to me about how you've, I'm always curious, like, how did you find Ninja Warrior of all things? 
Yeah, so so Ninja Warrior was actually a complete accident. Um, Perfect. <laughs> and it's it's actually pretty funny because um, in the you know the magazine that I was in the cover, the story inside was Accidental Ninja. And basically, what happened was again, I, as he, Corey had said, I've been doing I did a lot of different things. Um, I was in the middle of doing uh, just fitness competitions, which is mm. where you're flipping on stage and then you're going out and you're kind of showing your physique. And that was very much about how you looked and obviously how you performed. And during that time, my friend who was my mentor she was trying out for the show and I was helping her because I'm really great with like I love doing video stuff I'm like yeah I'll absolutely help you to create a submission video so I helped her make the video and while I was helping her make the video with my friend he was like you really should be auditioning for this also and I was like honestly number one I don't even know what Ninja Warrior is number two I don't want to get in my mentor's way Mm. I was always the kind of person who was kind of like the a little bit of the underdog and always kind of like, oh, I don't want to step on anyone's toes if, if that's what their thing is. And he kept pushing me and pushing me. And then finally I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll make a video. I'll put it in and we'll just like kind of see what happens. So we legitimately threw this video together, like threw it together. It was at this gym that was in, I was living in Cranston, Rhode Island at the time, this awesome cool, like obstacle course type gym. And we literally just threw a video of me together, climbing ropes and jumping over things and talking about how I was a chemist and all this random stuff. And I didn't, after that, like we, we, I put it in, I didn't hear anything for months. And then I was literally at a fitness competition with my mentor and mm-hmm. I, with our friend, Jess, actually, this is really interesting. Shout out Jess Glazer. With their friend, former, Jess. former podcast guest. Okay, cool. Former podcast guest. So Jess Glazer. I don't even know what episode. <laughs> so I was actually, so I got this call on my phone and it was an 818 number. So I just like obviously ignored it because I thought it was spam. And then I went back and I listened to the voicemail. I was like, this is American Ninja Warrior. You've just made it on. The-. I'm like, whoa, 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 what? I pulled Jess to the side. I'm like, Jess, I just got an American Ninja Warrior. Oh, my goodness. So I called them back. And I obviously told the mentor. And when I told my mentor, I was excited. And I wanted her to be excited for me. But she was also kind of like, just what I thought would happen. Kind of like, wait. She didn't get it. She didn't wind up getting it. She kept saying okay. like, oh, well, like let's announce it together when we both get on type of thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm always open to that stuff because yeah. that's just like how I was. She didn't wind up getting a call. So it kind of like definitely feel like messed up that relationship a bit because mm. for me, I was so excited and I wanted that mentor to be there with me, maybe even come on and like literally come to the show with me and like take me yeah, through it or whatever, cheer me on. But it, it turned into more of this like competitive thing. So I got on an accident. Then I had to go there by myself and I, uh, first of all, I had two weeks to learn how to ninja. I had no idea what ninja was. I didn't know what to ninja. Do you think the gymnastics background helped? It definitely helped because I was definitely a bar specialist. So I was really great at like hanging on things and pull-ups and stuff along those lines. But again, same thing with ninja, completely outside the realm of what gymnastics is. Gymnastics mm-hmm. is very like front back. This is like you're lacheting to a bar, then you're grabbing it, then you're doing some weird thing with it. So um, I actually found... Um, a ninja gym that someone had made in the in their backyard in the woods, in the middle of the woods. So I started training there with the people there, and they were so kind and so awesome. Um, and when I got to the show, I realized that this was so cool because it was so much more than, you know, just what you looked like. Now it was like, are you strong? Can you get through this course? And everybody there, they just wanted somebody to get through it. So it was really cool to be with this community because technically we're competing against each other, but it never felt like that, like at all. So after I competed, I was like, I love this. Like, this is really cool. This is probably my next thing because I wanted to keep some kind of sport going. But I, again, I was trying to get out of the whole like, you know, let's judge me on what I look like and more of like, let's shift focus to like, how strong can I get? Mm. And what's interesting is once I shifted that perspective, I looked just as good, if not better. And I was, you know, 
eating much more. I was feeling more confident. I was feeling better. I'd never felt judged on my movement. And I felt so strong um, being able to climb through everything. So yeah, I got on there. And then I obviously got a little cocky. I'm like, I got on the show once, like awesome. Put my video on the next year. I'm like, obviously you're going to pick me again. Didn't pick me. So season eight didn't get on. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Like, like, oh, right. I got to put some more effort I'm into like, this shit. thing. I'm like, shit, okay, cool. Okay. Then season nine, same thing. Didn't get a call, but was able to use that video to submit into this thing called the Woman's Health Next Fitness Star. I was like, didn't have time to throw it together. It was the mm. same type of thing as Ninja Warrior. This client I had at the gym, I, uh, I used to own a gym, again, long story. But, um, <laughs> a lot she, of lives, guys. A lot many of lives. lives. <laughs> um, but she kept saying to me, Angela, like, can you – you need, to, you need to submit to this. And same thing. I was like, they're not going to pick me. I'm like some girl from, from Cranston, Rhode Island. They don't even know like who I am, whatever. She's like, just do it. So didn't have time to put together a video. So I sent in, hey, I didn't have time to put in a video. Here's my Ninja Warrior submission video. That got me on the cover of Women's Health, which was all over the world. Super crazy. But again, didn't get on the show. So that's two years of not getting on the show. But other things showed up because mm. I just kept showing up and putting myself out into the universe. Um, and then finally was able to get on season 10 and season 11 and season 13, but, um, <laughs> just but a few other seasons, a few other seasons, one. which again, we can chat about. And if you want to chat about season 10, we can, which is the one that things kind of, I finally got back on and then tore my ACL on the show. Cool. Angela. <laughs> yeah. Not the comeback story that you were probably hoping for. I, and then what's crazy is at that time then, all right, I had now had years to train. So mm -hmm. I felt so good. I got on that course and I was like, I got this. And I wanted to be one of those top females. I remember looking up to Jesse Graff. I remember looking up to Alyssa Beard. I'm like, I want to be just like them. And I was on that course crushing through it. And I was going to be one of them. I was literally in the top female. I had people coming up to me like, wow, like you were crushing the course. And then as soon as I got past the one obstacle that I knew I had to get past to be one yeah. of those top five females, I collapsed. And it was like those Nancy Kerrigan, you know, grabbing the leg, crying moments where I'm like, wow, I literally went from being waiting so long for this, being super strong to like literally completely defeated on this course within a matter of seconds. Like everything that I worked yeah. for, I felt like was gone. Isn't that wild how things can literally change in an instant like that? And it really shifts, I would imagine, your perspective of, well, in one moment you want to be top five female on the show. And then the next moment, where does your head go there? Is it like, I just hope I'm okay. Like, this isn't the first ACL tear that you've had in your life, too. Does it shift to, I just hope I can move like, and feel this strong again at some point? I think for that one, I was like very bitter and very mm. angry. It really turned everything into like being angry at everything and everyone around me. Like it was definitely the why me mentality for a while. I was like, why me? Why is this happening to me? I'm working so hard. I'm being a good person. I'm doing all the right things, all the right things. And then this is what happens. So it, I think that my head really changed to that for a good while. Like after I tore it, I was devastated and what was tough is at the time also I owned a gym, right? So I'm also trying to be this face and, and be strong for all my clients around me, but I'm falling apart on the inside because I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't walk. My career is now turned into fitness. I was doing all this other stuff beforehand, like photo shoots. I'm like, what am I going to do now? So I think definitely at first I was completely just torn apart. What goes on with your identity and just how you're viewing yourself, even just like self-worth 
when you're going through that because in one sense you were in the best shape of your life if not the pinnacle but like right up there for other times that you've been in great shape to in an instant gone what what happens to like how you feel like your self-esteem your self-worth in that moment I think you really start to feel I mean I start to felt really bad about myself like who am I what am I now this was everything. Like I was the ninja warrior. Now what am I? Like I'm nothing. I'm a girl who can't even walk right now to get anywhere. So I think definitely when you attach your identity to something, maybe like ninja warrior, maybe it's a college sport or maybe it's something, it can be super tough when it's gone to try and figure out who you are. That's why it's important to, and this is why, you know, I, I do say that this, this injury was a blessing in disguise, hundred percent blessing in disguise because it really did make me dig deep and say, who am I as a person? And I should be able to love myself, not only because I'm a ninja warrior or I'm doing all these things, but because of myself in general. Um, so I definitely think it messes with your mind a lot. And it takes a lot for you to come back and be like, this is not all that I am. I am not just this. I'm so much more than that. What does that journey look like? Or what did that journey look like for you to start changing that direction changing the narrative of because i think what you just hit on it would be very easy for it continue to spiral into that negative like i can't even walk right now how am i supposed to own a gym be the face of that do photo shoots no one wants to photo shoot you when you're in a acl brace like it's just not how it goes typically in that industry so how did you start to turn the tides more in your favor to get, like, the girl that I'm sitting with right now is very much, f- like, further down this journey than I would imagine who y- she was a few years back when this happened. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely think that the, obviously, like I said, in the instant you're in it, you're stuck. And I feel like it's very important to feel whatever that is. If you're injured or something happens, you get a car accident, you lose your job, you go through a breakup, you need to feel whatever you're feeling. Mm. It is so important. We're a human and we need to be able to sit in it for a little bit. But you're right. How do you not get stuck in that cycle of why me, why me, why me? And when but everyone's like, all right, this has been like months, like you need to like get over it. Um, so I think what happened with me is I had a bunch of conversations with people. I luckily had some really awesome supportive people around me. And one of them said to me, you can feel like this right now, but you cannot get stuck here. And they said that to me. And there was something about her saying that to me that I was like, you're right. I can't get stuck here. Like, this is not, this is not who I am. Like you, like you said, how can I flip the script? So what I realized is that although I had a lot of time doing all this stuff for, you know, Ninja Warrior and my gym and stuff like that, like you said, I wasn't taking care of the, mm-hmm. the actual inside of me. So I'm like, now I have an opportunity. This is the opportunity I'm going to have right now to work on those things that I couldn't work on, bef- I couldn't work on before because I was so distracted by the other things. So first step for me was honestly journaling. I made sure that I was journaling every single day and just putting whatever I felt onto paper. And I feel like that was super important because it allowed me to really have this like unbiased, like just throw it on paper. If I felt like shit that day, I wrote it out. If I felt great one day, awesome. Like just being able to put it all out on paper. Then I started doing meditation, which for a while, meditation just seemed very woo woo. And like, what's meditation? This is like, you can't shut off your mind type of situation. But um, I looked more into it and I saw what it can do for your mind. I'm like, I'm going to trust. I'm going to set this schedule. I'm going to journal. I'm going to make my meditation. I'm going to do some type of reading and I'm going to do something to improve, 
again, my inner self like a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I stuck to that routine for a while. And the meditation, you don't feel, it's not instantaneous. You don't feel it. But after a while, I started to feel myself feel a lot more calmer in all sorts of situations when certain things would go wrong. Like there was a point with my ACL where I, I got a blood clot. And if I wasn't doing all that stuff, I honestly would have been getting like, oh, another thing, like really. Yeah. But the meditation allowed me to be like, okay, it's okay. Like what do we have to do? It really kept me like nice and calm. So I think that using your injury or whatever is going wrong for you, again, feel it and then take it as an opportunity. What can you work on now? What can you do now that you weren't able to do before? Another thing it helped me with was that I realized that you don't know how long you're going to have your body. I realized anything can happen at any time. You can get in a car accident. Something can happen. And I realized that I didn't want to own the gym and I didn't want to own the gym for a while. And I knew that in my brain, but I was sticking into it because I felt like I had to do it. And then this injury made me realize after doing all this thought, like, this is not what I'm meant for right now. And that's okay. So it actually gave me the push to shut down my entire gym, which is very hard to do and take a chance in New York City out of all places and basically completely start my life over in a new city with nothing. So I think that it really, again, could be used as an opportunity. You have a repeating history in your storyline and your through story here of doing just that. Yes. Because you started off as a chemist, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a lab, working a very different style job. Eventually hit a, a point where you said, all right, I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to start over, get this gym. And if I'm getting this correctly, then go to the gym route, and then now we're in New York City starting over, quote-unquote. But I think in reality, you've taken, you've done a really good job of taking what you need to take from each of those chapters of your life and applying it to the next chapter of the book of what you are writing and creating on a day-to-day basis. Talk to me through New York because you got to train some really awesome people there, and I'm sure it led to another layer of self-discovery how did you continue to stay true to these non-negotiables that, quote-unquote, are a little bit more woo-woo Western world in historically one of the most like masculine grind cities that exist in the world for all its greatness that New York is? It has it was tough. Some flaws, I mean, right? <laughs> definitely it was tough. And then, like you said, like going from all these different chapters, I think it took a while for me to realize in life that you don't have to be on – like I always thought after college, like you have to stick to one job, have mm. the family do the ha- whatever. And that's okay. If that's somebody, if that's somebody's dream and what they want and then going that way, awesome. But knowing that like you don't have to, you can do all the things if you want to. You you have time to do them. <laughs> so you might as well just do them. But um, yeah, so New York City was definitely a grind. And at the time I was living in, so I moved to New Jersey. I was staying at my dad's um, for free because I'm like, all right, I have no money now that I closed this gym down because you don't really make money when you own a gym, especially for a while. Wait, so what? That's what? Yeah, what? Yeah, you don't make any money. Everyone's like, oh, she's crushing. I'm like, yeah, the gym's crushing, but like I have nothing, but it's fine. Um, so um, I was living at my dad's. I had to train in at like four to five in the morning. I was basically four in the morning. I would train all the way in. Um, and then I just did everything I could to meet all the people that I I I looked up to like, how can I learn from these people that I look up to that I want to be like? So I started going to all the classes in New York city that I could find with those people and basically just started to become immersed in that culture. So that might've been like, it was pretty ridiculous at first and like two to three classes a day. Sometimes I'd be going to, and then I started becoming a regular and then you just started to become friends with them. And then you start to realize that these people are people 
and the people that you're looking up to on Instagram and all those things, they are people at the end of the day. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um, and just by being myself and actually being a good person, I know that sounds like a wild thing, but like just being a good person and actually genuinely caring about these people and not just going into get and get and get is honestly how I was able to create a pretty awesome, lucrative, you know, business in the city. How I was able to meet, you know, women's health, the top person in women's health and went up training her for over two years. It was because I was just genuinely a good person and I actually did want to help with whatever I was learning. Yeah. Isn't it wild how sometimes all it takes is for you to actually give it a shit. Just give a shit <laughs> about people because they're people. With, right? Yeah. Like, If you want something, I get it. Like, I get that you might want something from somebody instantaneously and right away. And you're like, wow, they're like way up there. But no, at first they were a person. So really make sure that you're creating real relationships. Those real relationships will last way longer and help you way out in the longer run. And honestly, a lot of things that I wanted, you know, I started to become really close to her. I was helping her get our pull up, which is really an awesome journey for both of us. And then I would say something like, oh, I've always wanted, she's like, she'd be like, oh, like, what are you working on? I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to do X, Y, and Z. She's like, oh, I can help you with X, Y, and Z. Never asked her, never asked anything, but it would just somehow naturally happen because again, I was making sure that I could help with whatever I needed to help with. Became organic. Mm -hmm. It's the best. So very organic, but yes, it was a hustle. I was like, you know, 4 a.m., And then I was training at this gym called Soho Strength Lab for a while, which I honestly loved running the classes there. And then I would have to run to the train to make it on time to get back home. And then I wouldn't get home till like 10 o'clock at night. And then I would repeat the process again. Yeah. So, so walk me through, obviously life's, it's a grind. It's working. You know what I mean? Um, But it's still a grind very much. So I've talked on the show before about, similar-ish experience of leaving my apartment around 4.30, 4.45, going to the gym, opening it up, all of that. And then lo and behold, you know, some life event happens in March 2020 where it kind of forced us to pause and take inventory for a second. And I mean, at least I can speak to my experience when that happened. I was like, oh, okay. I'm kind of really grateful for this because now I press pause for the first time long enough to realize this isn't really intuitively what I want to do for like, a long, long time. Let's maybe start to explore options. Did you have a similar experience with like, was that when you started looking at in person is great, but I'm going to start shifting more to online programming. When did like pull-ups become your specialty bread and butter, your thing? Walk me through that kind of transition. So luckily, like in between all this stuff in 2017, so like when I shut down my gym, I actually went online right after that. Okay. So I was already online. I was already doing, I was doing high, more high ticket sales at that time. I took a class online on how do you create an online business. Um, so I actually was, a, I've been way ahead of the times. I've been telling people that like lately. I'm like, I was like online before it was cool. Like before it was cool, I was there. Before everyone wanted the digital freedom. Yeah, before everybody wanted that, I already had that. So that's how I was able to do all those things in the city, especially because a decent amount of those things I was doing was for free for a while. Um, So I had to make sure I had something coming in. So um, so I was actually in the online space for a while. I didn't want to do the high ticket sale thing anymore. I just didn't love doing, you know... um, you know, sales calls. I just, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't feeling aligned. Same, same thing as you were saying with the gym. I'm like, oh, this is like not what I want to be doing. Mm. When I started teaching Liz the pull-ups and Liz Plosser, she's the editor-in-chief of Women's Health. I realized that when I looked online, there was nothing out there for females who were trying to specifically get their pull-up. And 
I was not only able to help Liz get her first pull-up within 14 days, but before that, when I owned the gym, I was helping people get pull-ups all the time. So this was like, hmm, I'm like, what if I take this and put it online and I package it and I create it into like a group thing instead? So I'm feeling like, you know, not as high tickety like type of situation, but this might be really, really cool. So I actually created that way like before the pandemic. I think this was maybe like a year or two before the pandemic. I started Pull-Up Revolution online because of Liz's experience. And mm. it was super, super cool. It started doing super well because everybody, you know, any female that I talked to who was like, oh, you're a ninja warrior. Oh, I've just wanted to be able to do a pull-up. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's get a pull-up. Like, let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, and showing Liz's experience of her hanging on the bar and not be able to do anything and now doing, you know, one pull-up. And now she does more than 10. She's so strong. It's amazing. Um, but that was like, okay, cool. This is a great opportunity to like create a program online. Pandemic hit. I already had that program. So everyone's scrambling, trying to get online. I was like, I'm already online. Everyone had pull-up bars at Stores home. open. Here Let's we go. go. Let's go. So yeah. I was able to get a lot of people into it. And then, again, because of my relationship I had with Women's Health, because I created a really good one with it, they started allowing me to teach live classes on their Instagram page with over 2 million viewers. So I started ranking in people. Like, these followers that were coming in, it was nuts. Like, just piling and piling in all my ideal clients, all females who were looking mm. to get stronger and, and, and things like that. So as I was doing that, um, I started realizing that, okay, cool. They want pull-ups, but then some people will be like, okay, well after pull-ups, like, can you like do more with me? And I'm like, oh, okay, fuck, I don't know. I like, wasn't really <laughs> sure like what, like what that would be. So I noticed that when I was teaching the classes, they kept saying stuff like, you know, sometimes when I do this one movement, I feel the core exercise in my back and sometimes I'm feeling it in my legs and I'm like, mm. Hmm. I was like, that's probably because you have a weak core and which I actually related to a ton with because when I tore my ACL, my doctor told me, my, my physical therapist, he's like, you have a weak core. I'm like, yo, I got a six pack. I don't know what you're talking about. My core is not weak. Like I'm shredded. I'm dude. shredded. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And he took me through these basic core movements, the dead bug, the simple things. And it made me realize that, oh my goodness, I am, no, I do not have a strong foundation. I'm throwing all these big, crazy moves in ninja, these big, crazy moves in gymnastics, but I have no foundation. So I related a ton to what they were saying. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to create mm. that something else that's not just pull ups. So I created Core Revolution. Core Revolution, I didn't even make it yet. I just put a sales page up. I was like, whatever, just made like a random offer. I'm like, we'll see who like grabs it. Didn't make it, said it would be out in like 30 days or whatever. It was insane the amount of people I got to buy it. Like people were just going like crazy and buying. I'm like, wow, it's insane how you can take something that someone really needs help with and shift it into something that can really like you're like, I have the answer to that problem. I can literally help you and I can literally yeah. relate to you. Um, so, yeah, everything shifted even more so online with that. So it became pull up revolution, core revolution. Then after that, they're like, what's next? Then it became full body revolution. Then after that, they're like, what's next? And I'm like, oh, so I guess I'll create a membership. Like, so it just kind of like all trinkled into these things happening. Um, and for the pandemic for me, just like you, I was very happy that I could stop and slow down um, in my little studio apartment in New York City. It took me, it allowed me to really sit back and be like, okay, what do I actually want my life to look like? Mm. Do I want to be running around in a city like a mad person all the time? Not really. Like, how can I create this like freedom for myself? So, um, definitely a lot happened and changed for me in the pandemic. Um, and then obviously next step was I moved out of the city because I was like, I can't be here anymore after a little while. But well, yeah, I was able to create all that stuff online because I was just serving who I knew needed help. And I knew that I had the tools to do that. I love that. 
you accidentally created a raving fan base. I, I literally could, just like an accidental ninja accidental pro- i mean i i literally thought 30 people were gonna buy this core program i was like okay cool 30 bucks okay i get like yeah you're like all right i'll like cover rent for the next month or two through this yeah like, i didn't think it was gonna be, be like fine. this major thing i had no idea what i was doing but i think what another thing that people always tell me i'm really good at i'm very messy i'm like messy action person mm. like i will just take the action i will throw the damn spaghetti at the wall i'll wait and see if it sticks like if it doesn't, like you said, I'll move on and I'll go to the next thing. I was about to say you're messy, but you have pure intention behind it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you have these best interests at heart when you're working with these people. It sounds like it's very much a collaboration process of like they're coming back to you and they're like, Angela, this was fantastic. I can do a pull up, but like don't leave me hanging here yeah. now. <laughs> like I can do like what's next? What's the next step in the journey? And it speaks volumes to you where you're like, one, actually taking time to listen to what the people that you're working with need and want. And then messy action or not, like you're taking action and setting the intention and actually creating with their feedback in mind. I think so many people, what I see online now in that space, super saturated it seems. Um, But I think that also is just a, a byproduct of the circles that you and I run in we see it more often than what actually exists. Um, but I see people creating stuff that isn't what their audience wants, isn't what their fans want. It's what they wanted to, the person wanted to create. Um, but it sounds like this kind of perfect opportunity for you where the two aligned. It's starting with pull-ups of you're like, I love to teach this stuff. This is super simple. And you, I think you're a good case study of like, it doesn't need to be super complicated. Actually, the more foundational, the more simple you can keep it, the better it's going to do. It's going to re- actually relate to people. It's literally so simple. I literally teach pull-ups and your core. Like, that's it. And then like the full body ones, it's so interesting that you say that. The full body ones, they did okay. Yeah. They did not do as like insane as, well. as core and pull-up, but super specific on like, nope, I'm going to teach you your pull-up. I'm going to get you a damn strong core. That's like... There we go. The two things. The two things. At any point where you like, I'm going to teach you to be the next ninja warrior. Like, never. Did you have that desire? I never wanted to do that because I was like, one, I didn't feel like there was enough people to even <laughs> want to do that. It, it that can be intimidating. Like, that's yeah. actually a much more intimidating. Do I think there's probably a group of people who want to do that? Obviously, for sure. But for me, I was never like, oh, I want to teach you how to do this yeah but like you said i think what's like you said my intentions for everything that i create are always very very pure like i really want to make sure that when someone's going through that pull-up program when someone's going through that core program that they're really leaving successful and they're really feeling good the money stuff that was like the uh, like the uh, i didn't that was the last thing i was thinking about when i was making any of this stuff it's so awesome that now this can be the living that i've created and i can allow these programs to go but that was definitely the last thing i was thinking about when i was doing any of this that's a cool byproduct. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, one of the things that I have noticed in getting to know you over the past few months here, so I think you and I originally really connected when you came to the away game here in, in Austin back in February, which was a super cool experience because I had heard of you through friends. And we had mutual friends. And I was like, holy crap, like Angela wants to come to like my event. Let's like this, this is so cool. Um but in seeing kind of like your progression and hearing more of your story right now, I totally understand why you're naming the book 
that you're writing. Yes. What you're naming it of what does, you know, what happens if it all goes right? Where did that start? When did that mentality start for you? Was that early on or is this more of a retrospective looking back reflection of how you got to where you are right now and being like, huh, each pivot that I made, that was actually the foundational question that I asked myself. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so now I'm shifting gears again. Stop my surprise. membership. I mean, <laughs> surprise. I mean, I, shot, I stopped my membership. I'm still going to always have my full open core programs, like whatever, like they're great. But now I'm in really in depth of wanting to write this book called, but I'm going to call it, but what if it all goes right? Um, kind of like, but what if it happens for you? Um, and where that really came to me was that when I realized, so actually, you know, again, pivot, I like, sold all the stuff that I owned and I started traveling like cross country because I was like all right cool I don't really like to be in New Jersey and New York during this pandemic stuff I want to see more mm-hmm. of the world and do more and again I think it's like also as you're growing and you're learning more about what you actually want in life that's why a lot of these changes happen for me I'm like no like I like I picture myself traveling and being other places so I sold everything and started traveling and I really wasn't sure of like what was next for me like I really had no idea and one of the things that I really had had on my vision board, which I've had, um, was um, two different things. One, I wanted to get on the cover of a magazine. And that has been on my vision board since 2015. And number two is I wanted to be an Under Armour athlete. And I was really nervous about both of those things, maybe, like never happening. And I, I kind of like, kind of took a, like a side on it. I'm like, oh, this may not ever happen for me. And then I started thinking, wait, Angela, like what if you start to think, what if it goes right? What if it actually does happen? Mm-hmm. What if it's what if it's going to happen again in the right timing, but like everything else? So I started writing in my journal. It started to become a prompt every single day. I would literally write, and I still do it. I did it today. You know, what if it all goes right? And I would literally write out if if my what is my what is the scenario that I want to happen? Because maybe sometimes you don't even fully know like what it is. But I'd write it out in detail. So for the cover, I'd be like, oh, like you know, got a message from the editor. She wants me to do the cover. I get to fly into blue, blah, 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 wrote this whole thing out. Same thing with Under Armour. I would write, oh, like finally got the deal. Da, 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 this is what happened. And I would just go into detail. And every time I would write it, it turned into like, more detail and more vivid and more like, oh, it's real and obtainable. And what's wild is that I got the text from Laura, the, the editor of Oxygen Magazine. Hey, there's a cover for you. Whoa. Insane. Right. I got the message from Under Armour. Hey, we got, we get, got you the partnership. And I feel like, like you said, all the things that I've done into my life, it's, you know, what if it does go right? What if the things that aren't going right and you don't think you're going right are actually going right for you? Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about this, the book because, you know, as I've been journaling more and more about it, it's about how can you shift your language to yourself? How can you make the process, which is going to be annoying, how can you make it a little bit easier and a little bit more enjoyable? Because, at the end of the day, like, okay, cool. I got the cover. Cool. I got the Under Armour deal. But what about the process? Did you enjoy the process? Because once you get there, I'm telling you, once I got the cover, it was amazing. I was so excited, but nothing really changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, but what if everything is going right? And what if it's going for you? It, I really wanted to help people along their journey for whatever they're trying to achieve right now and knowing that it can happen. Which is such a challenge, which is what I admire in kind of this mindset shift that you very intentionally are working on every single day. The fact that, you know, it wasn't a cure-all, you did this months ago or years ago, that it's still showing up even today as you journal, I think speaks volumes because I often talk of a lot of like, what if we turn problems into possibilities? Like how, how do we shift out of that? Which is one of the hardest things to do because 
our brain's super cool, evolutionary. It has, you know, way back when, when our ancestors were like cavemen and women and they were going around, like they had to worry about the things that could go wrong, the problems, the, but we live in a very comfortable, safe, like a lot of our problems are solved, just like basic human needs are solved in today's society, yet our brain still has that negativity bias, still looks at, shoot, you know, the money's not quite there as much as I would like to do, or I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills, or I don't know how this is going to work out, like I need a, a stable job, or whatever it may be, so it takes constant work, it's not a one-time question. You've got to do it every it? day. Yeah, like... I literally write it every day. Like I have to. And I, there's so many times where I get, I do get, I mean, I definitely sit in those thoughts of like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, like I'm sitting there like, what it like, but. Does your it, brain get annoyed with you that you're like continuing to ask it? Like, yeah. I mean, but I, get, I think that's super natural because especially yeah. when things are just constantly going wrong, like, you know, how do you keep the mindset of what if it all goes right when everything is going wrong? <laughs> like over and over it's and over again. It's easy for you to say, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't want people like, that's like one of the main things in the book too. I'm going to say that like immediately in it. It's like, I, yeah, easy for you to say, Angela, because X, Y, and Z, but like, like, no, like, I mean, a lot of things go wrong for me. And like you said, later on, I realized why it was right. You're not going to realize why it's right in the moment. Like with, you know, with right now, you've talked about, and I'll be super transparent with my book. I'm trying to pay for this editor for this book. I know I need to make a decent amount of money. It light, it's lighting a fire under my ass to get it done and to make it happen. And I keep thinking to myself, what if it all goes right? I'm going to, this is going to happen. I will make it happen. And those moments, a lot of times when you're down in the, in the dump and you're trying to figure it out, you will figure it out. Like you have no other choice but to make it happen and you will. If everything was all easy and like, oh, like it's just going to happen, whatever, I, you probably wouldn't even hit your full potential, honestly. Yeah. You sound like someone who does their best work when their back is literally against the wall. And I do. I'm there's like, no other option. There's no option. Like, I'm going to figure it out. And it's going to happen. And, you know, it's so funny, too, when you have, like, your parents and stuff. My mom's like, like, why are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Da, 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 da. How are you going to pay for this? When you, how are you going to? I always tell her I want a house in the water. How are you going to house in the water? I'm like, what if I, you know, why not? Why, why can't I? Like, I'm going to figure it out. And you're going to keep saying no. But I'm going to, instead of sitting there telling myself and doing nothing about it and sitting there, I, like you said, I take action. I get up and I'm like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I was going to say, you're not one of these manifestors that is just praying that things work. Yeah. Like just you know sitting I mean? there and being like, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix and like pray that that I'm happens. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to become a millionaire as Netflix plays in the background. Yes. Absolutely. And it's, it's again, those things I, I totally believe in like manifesting, but you have to be doing like, you have to be doing the entire time. And again, knowing that things are going to go wrong. Also, if things are going wrong for you, if you are failing, you're, that means you're trying. Yeah. So you hear that like all the time from people. I had to fail this many times. Like I had to get this many no's to get a yes. It's literally that in life you get feedback yeah <laughs> you know we love feedback feedback is i like to say the flashlight forward mm -hmm. it gives you just information of okay cool like i keep failing i'm trying i'm getting feedback maybe i should try something a little bit different yes maybe that wasn't working. and again just like i did with my gym right I tried the gym thing out. I realized it wasn't for me i was doing the membership the strong feels good membership I had a great group of people in there realized that I was prepped or pushing it for two years. I'm like, this is just not it. That's okay. Like next, like, okay, cool. I tried it and learned next thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things I noticed about you is you have a, a small list 
of non-negotiables every single day. And I love that you were very transparent. And if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you post them every single day on social. Every day I post them. Yes. Like, can you share some of the other things that you're doing every single day that have really helped you? Yeah. So the non-negotiables I write every day are journal, meditate, read, and reading can be tough for me. I'm a slow reader. I've always been a slow reader. So instead of me being like feeling like I need have anxiety, I need to read. Like my friend reads her, her book in like a day. I'm like, oh my god, I like I can't do that. I've been reading like five pages, mm. just something, a, a page. It's just some kind of reading. Um, so yeah. So, and then movement is always on my list. Like I said, I have to get some kind of movement, walk, run, whatever. Um, drink two glasses of water. Um, I do that because I'm awful with water. Clearly he's offered me water like three times and I didn't say no. Um, I, I'm not great with water. So I know if I drink at least two glasses in the morning that that's going to be good for me. Um, and then getting myself outside because there's a lot of times when I get in my zone that I don't want to leave. And by sticking to those non-negotiables, if that helps you show up better for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. If you stop showing up for yourself and you aren't doing stuff for yourself, that's when things will fall apart. So you need to make sure that you pick your non-negotiable. It doesn't have to be my list. It could be your list. It could be something completely different. But by sticking to those, it definitely allows me to make sure that I'm actually taking care of myself. Because for me, and probably for a lot of other people, when I get in my zone, when I'm focused on something, the last person I care about is myself, which is so dumb because it's like you need yourself yeah. to do these next things. So yeah, I do that every single day. I've always been writing it on my Instagram and I was going to stop for a while, but then somebody would message me and be like, the fact that you did this really helped me. And I'm like, okay, so like, I'm going to keep posting that I'm doing it every day really for me to hold myself accountable. And also because there's somebody out there, maybe it's one or two people. I doesn't matter. They're like, wow, she's showing up for herself. Let me show up for myself also. Yep. I became that guy for a very long portion of the pandemic when I was still in Northern Virginia. I was the 5 a.m. run guy Monday through Friday, every single morning. And I, I wouldn't run like super far by my standards now, but I would run two, three, maybe four miles. And I would just show up and share kind of a thought and be like, look, like 5 a.m. run, 5K in the books, boom, like that's what I'm thinking on today. I hope you have a great day. And people really started to connect with that and be like, oh my gosh, I had people start to reach out. Like, can I join you on these 5 a.m. runs? And was, <laughs> that, that one was interesting because I was like, there's one rule. There's only one rule to 5 a.m. runs. They start at 5 a.m. Oh, my God. If you, if you are late <laughs> by even a minute. You're canceled. <laughs> I am not waiting for you. I am I'm starting. And it's not like I don't like you. It's just like that's the, the It's rule, interesting but. how those little things of you showing up for yourself. And, again, that's why I share it on social media. That's why social media can be negative, but it can be so powerful and such a positive thing. Um, you don't realize who – is looking up to you right now because there's mm. a different there's a bunch of different people on Instagram or wherever you're you know whatever platform you're in. There's the people who are constantly liking and, and messaging you and whatever, and there's the people who are just observing. They're not liking, they're not whatever, but they're observing you and yep. they are taking those nuggets out from you. So knowing that you know again, social media can be a powerful place to just help others is pretty awesome. It's a beautiful space. Yeah, if we allow it to be. If we allow it to be. <laughs> yeah, I wanna before we we wrap here. There's the fast five, which are Oh no. Rapid okay. fire, one sentence, one word answers. Just they're light. They're easy. Okay. Um, first one I got for you is what is your go to podcast? My go to podcast? Um it actually right now is yeah, Earn Your Happy, Lori Harder. I mm. really like that one right now. Good choice. Number two, what's your favorite book that you've read in the past year or listened to? Mm. 
I've read a lot of books. Let's go with um what is it called? Um Stress Less. Oh, I can't remember. It's by Emily Fletcher. It's a meditation book. Okay. A stress less accomplish more. I like that. Number three, what is something that you can't live without? Chocolate. <laughs> number four what is a quote that you live by um my favorite one is it's not a matter of if it's a matter of one mm, very fitting for mm-hmm. the theme of this conversation today last one if you could sum up your focus right now to one word what is that um book <laughs> book writer 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 yeah <laughs> love it angela this is an absolute pleasure i appreciate you stopping by taking the time on a sunday to just come through and record and share your story with those listening in where can they connect more with you because you are such a pure kind-hearted soul when i acknowledge you for that um, and i want those listening in taking the time to get to know you a bit better too um probably i mean instagram and tiktok obviously i feel like that's our platforms right now um but it's just at my name angela underscore gargano on instagram and tiktok is just angela gargano straight through and i love like if you listen to this podcast and something resonated with you definitely send me a message i love hearing from people or i want to hear about your stories like i said i actually genuinely could care about everybody um that listens and that i can help so make sure that you send me a message last question i got for you how many pull-ups can you actually knock out <laughs> i get that question all the time um my my max was 26 but i haven't done that in a long time so <laughs> 16 year old there, so oh, damn it. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> He's a 10 and he can beat me in pull-ups. Right now? I, d- I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't think I, can. I think you got me beat, but Angela, again, thank you so much. Thank you.